goodness. I can't hear anymore. Oh, sorry. We had we were adjusting volume on the podcasting equipment so she could hear herself. You know, and, sometimes uh, there's these scenes in these movies where a bomb goes off and, and you're watching, maybe it's a soldier, and the bomb was so close to him. They're th- shell-shocked. They, they do, a, they do a, a sound effect. It's like this, this mm-hmm. high-pitched thing. And the person's looking around in slow motion. That's me right now. You look like you're looking around in slow motion right now. Wow. Uh, wow. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Well, you know, you were the one who wanted to turn it up. Yeah, but was that the overall volume? <laughs> what was that? I, I don't know. See, nobody will know the difference when they play it because our podcasting software levelizes the volume when we run the uh, run the uh, podcast out through the system. So, you know, it's just you who got to experience that. Okay. I'll be okay. Okay. Well, sorry. All right. What a way to start a podcast. Well, let's Woo. see. Um, I was just surprised by that. And last time we did a podcast, you jumped in there before I did. I did. Because you said I'm kind of a you hog. Al- you always start in. the show. Yeah. So and We actually had somebody make a comment. You surprised us, too. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so. what I was going to say. So <laughs> I was surprised. Yeah. Through okay. my headphones. Yeah, well, okay. All and right. guess what? I started us again. You did. I, I, I think it's only appropriate. You end us with keep on dreaming. And you start us. And I, I start Well, us. technically I start us, but it's not recorded. What do you do? Because the part that's never recorded is three, two, one, music. That's true. Yeah. I don't say music. The we, music we, just plays. <laughs> we could do that. We could record you doing three, two, one, and you can... I can start that you way. You can feel like you start everything. <laughs> okay. All right. We're crazy. We've wow. been in social distancing quarantine for too long. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Which actually is the thing I want to talk about today. Okay. Because uh, we want to talk about uh, quarantine dreams or... or um, shelter-in-place dreams Yeah. Uh, today. We talked about COVID-19 dreams a few weeks ago, dreams about tra- you know, uh, uh, tragic things or dreams about uh, uh, dangerous things, things, you know, events that are around us that sort of prepare us for them or tell us they're coming. But the idea of quarantine dreams that I want to cover today is a little different, and that is dreams that we're having and people are having that are unusual because of quarantine or that are being identified more during this um, shelter-in-place type time frame than that. And the thing that sparked this for me is four or five days ago, there was an article in the Washington Post about, I mean, the article is entitled, it, was, it, it came out on April 10th, and it was entitled, Having weird dreams, having weird quarantine dreams. You're not the only one. That was the article. And then uh, I think yesterday, or no, actually just a few days ago, I just saw this one though. On the 15th of April, an article came out in National Geographic, their online source that said, the pandemic is giving people vivid, unusual dreams. Here's why. That's two national media sources doing prominent articles on dreams. Yeah. I mean, it's getting it's getting people's attention. I mean, not just that the COVID-19 uh, virus is getting people's attention, not just that people are sheltering in place, but that people are actually having to slow down and actually 
um, be aware of what's happening maybe with them internally? Well, you know, that's true. And there's one thing in these, I mean, we want to talk about the articles and want to talk about uh, uh, the faith response or a, a spiritual response to this concept, because a lot of the articles deal with a psychological response. But um, one of the things I really loved was the fact they were saying, why are people remembering more dreams right now? And part of it is because they're slowing down. And the other part is because with everything that's going on, people, their sleep is interrupted more, meaning they, they call it um, parasomnia, I think it is, yeah. where you wake up more frequently in the night. And apparently, I did not know this, but from a psychological perspective, apparently the more frequently you wake up in the night, the more likely you are to be able to remember your dreams. Yeah. And so, because I guess apparently it would be you're just kind of waking up right at the end of the dream. So well, you, I have said that to you many times, that I wake up often in the middle of the night. Yeah, you have. And I remember that dream. You remember lots of dreams. So I think a lot of people sometimes through for different reasons they just are a hard sleeper or they are um, not waking up and, and realizing what they just dreamed. I wake up and I remember my dream. Maybe I focus on that and think about it a lot, but you do too. I mean, this is what you do. I mean, it's a I'd say fifty to seventy five percent of your day is spent on working with people, mentoring them, how to understand your dreams. So it's not something you don't think about. Right, it's true. So why is it that I, is it because I'm waking up so frequently? Well, I was actually just thinking about that because the more, the times I remember more of my dreams when I look back at it now with these prompts from you and from the uh, National Geographic article, the more times, the times I remember more of my dreams, I do think I probably wake up more frequently in the evening. Now, there are other times when I remember significant dreams. Right. We've talked about and this. And that tends to be waking up and I'm up for the night, even if it's early. Even if I wake up like at 3.30 or 4 in the morning. Okay. I, I'm an early riser anyway, a 5.30, right. 5.30 time frame kind of thing, no matter what time I went to bed. Right. And and I'll remember those, but those significant dreams are often the last dream of the night, the 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 early morning hours dream that comes forth and, and I wake up out of the dream. And so I remember it more frequently. I think it may be difficult to remember dreams when you dream them, then move back into another stage of sleep, then wake up, uh, you know, and, and struggle to remember a little more because it's further back in your night. Well, well that's what I was going to say is I, I do believe I, I've told you that I, I'll have a dream and it, and it'll be so significant to me in that moment. And I'll think, Oh, I'm going to go write that down. And I think, no, I'll remember that. I'll rehearse it. I'll rehearse it in my head. And I'll be like, there's no way I'm going to forget that. And then uh, that'll be like at two in the morning. And then, seven in the morning i have another dream and i remember it but i can't remember what i dreamed before that you know right. so right. i don't know uh, you yeah know. well i mean it's interesting anyway that that this shift in our routines mm -hmm. is being picked up on by studies literally around the world the national geographic article uh talks about studies being done by psychological uh, departments psychology departments at universities and research institutes uh, that study dreams, studies that are being done all over the world of dreams and how they're affected by the pandemic. And they actually, the shifts in our routine do seem to be causing people to remember more dreams. It may be 
more anxiety on one hand, but less stress on the other hand. Uh, and I know that's a con- conflicting statement. Now say it again. There's more of one kind of stress and less of another kind of stress, okay. in other words. Okay. We have more stress about how are things going to get back to normal, what's happening, could I get the virus. You know, People deal with those kind of stresses more, but they don't have the same day-to-day pressures and stresses that they had before they were self-quarantining or sheltering at home. Well, I'm sure if we could sit down and talk to people and say, is this your biggest worry right now? Some people are not afraid of the virus at all. It's not a big right. deal to them. They don't care. They wear a mask. They're just not going to get worked up about it. But the fact that they're laid off from work and they can't pay their bills, that could inspire a different kind fear of stress. Yeah. To, to, to have these mm-hmm. other type dreams. So I, I don't disagree necessarily with what the articles that we read said. I no, mean, and I think in particular I feel good that what they're saying about the shift in the way we're dealing with stress, the shift in our nighttime and our daytime routines, right. the the increase in our wakeful moments through the night, things like that, are impacting remembering dreams more. I think that's absolutely accurate. And there is no disagreement yeah. between that the psychological perspective on mm-hmm. it and what we would speak to in terms of a spiritual perspective on it. Those are things that do impact the remembering of dreams. And I thought it was interesting. One of the studies they talked about was, uh, it was a silly little statement that said, you know, that said, uh, this is in the national geographic article. We talk about peace being the potting soil of revelation, or if you want to have dreams mm-hmm. that are spiritual dreams that have meaning and life to them, then be sure you go to sleep in peace yeah. at, at peace. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, they cite a Finnish study and it says it may seem obvious, but a Finnish researcher or Finnish researchers have scientifically backed up the notion that peace of mind leads to positive dream effects. And well, ta-da! Yeah. So I mean, so, <laughs> and, and then they 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 acknowledge that that most folks probably already know that, but mm-hmm. they've backed it up from a psychological thing. That's one of the things. You know, science and spirituality don't have to conflict. They we just don't. have to learn how they relate to one another. Well, you remember, um, God, probably a year ago, I was talking to you about how I had, you know, done some reading and seen some information on how if you could map out your dreams by just writing them down, and you and they kind of talked about that in one of the articles as well. That you know, if you focus on these certain elements throughout the day and right before you go to bed, you can take control of your dreams and you can decide how they want to go. And I don't disagree that you could focus on something and it appear in the dream because really that's what's happening throughout the day. We're taking notice and sometimes not even taking notice of certain acts during the day or certain feelings or emotions during the day and we'll see them reappear in our dreams at night. But that doesn't necessarily mean that God isn't using symbolism from throughout the day to get our attention one exactly and to reveal something in us now the thing i thought was interesting too and we can talk about what you just said but also the thing that stood out to me and i wrote down was um one of the articles i believe was in the washington post said uh, people are having silly dreams like witches licking windows you know yeah and and they are silly but what about a foretelling dream and, uh, uh, you know, what about a dream that is, I mean, if you think about uh, one of the stories that we study, 
in some of the ancient Hebrew writings were of seven skinny cows and, and seven fat cows. Now, we could say, oh, that's a silly dream. Yeah, here comes seven, and they came up out of the Nile River. They, they walked up out from under the water, came up out of the river and up onto the bank. And we could just say, that's crazy, or, mm-hmm. you know, you're just worried about, you know, your cows or whatever. But it was a dream that was predicting something. And the 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 um, the reaction to that was they took it seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, our, our uh, the ancient Hebrew uh, writers took dreams seriously. Yeah. And they said, okay, this is a foretelling dream. Let's prepare. And they began to, they realized it was speaking of a famine that was going to be coming in seven years. Well, you know, that's one of the most famous dream interpreter, interpreters of all time, not just within Christianity or Ju- Judaism. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joseph is recognized as an interpreter of dreams in multiple religions and around the world, and he was taking serious what could have been viewed as a silly dream or a dream that arose from anxiety of a leader or a dream that was taking images of the day mm-hmm. and just inserting them into the dream life. Exactly. So so we can't just say, okay, this is all from stress from the day. Right. This is all from stress from my life. No. Your creator can reveal things to you. Even invention dreams, you know, you can't say that. that's just something that's just come up from our, you know, our ourself, you know, an invention dream. Well, the How psychological approach it? is the, the piecing of all the different pieces together you've been contemplating that come together in the dream and they're yes. pieced together by your subconscious. And, 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 and let me just say, again, we don't have to have conflict with science right. and spirituality. I can just say that differently. That is... Your creator knitting together pieces to reveal something to you as opposed to your subconscious knitting things together to reveal something to you. Exactly. There's not a conflict deeply on those concepts. The real conflict probably comes into the approach to interpreting, not to how the dreams are coming, and a little bit over where the images are coming from, but but that doesn't require a lot of conflict coming from my subconscious coming from my creator they're coming from either inside of me or from outside of me is the real question that impacts interpretation a lot more than it impacts the dream because if the image is only coming from inside your subconscious it's difficult for a third party including a psychologist to interpret the dream for you right because it's what's going on inside of you that's right but if the dream is coming from outside of you, coming in from your creator, and I have a relationship with the creator, the same creator who gave you the elements of your dream can give me the understanding of what he intended by those elements. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking about lucid dreaming and how, um, you know, um you know, you can, they even said, and I think it was in, I don't remember which article The National was, Geographic article. Where you can uh, change, you know, uh, how your dreams come out, you know, so you don't have to be in fear. You can just begin to write down things. and. Well, the uh, psychological world calls it scripting your dream. Yeah, scripting your dream. So, uh, personally, me, I would not do that. Um, 
to me, the only scripting I want to do is before I go to bed, be in a place of peace. And, 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 you know, I don't mind saying God revealed to me what I need to know in the night season. I don't have a problem with that. I, I want to be in the right place before I go to sleep. Uh, I don't want to be in a place where maybe you and I have argued. We never argued. No. Um, I don't want to be in, you know, you need to be in a place of peace, you know? So, uh, I, I would be concerned that I would let that I would be directing the dream in a fleshly way, because what if I what if I have this dream of being uh, 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 an actress in Hollywood and I've decided that's what I want to dream about that night? I can't wake up the next day and say, "Oh, I dreamed I was in Hollywood and I was in this movie." Uh, I mean, that could have been totally soulish. That's not my creator God revealing something to me. That's me playing something out, and this is what I want to dream, and therefore I'm going to dream it. Now it's got to be true, you know. You can't interpret that. You, well, that. You've directed it. And that's why we talk about, from a spiritual perspective, distinguishing three kinds of dreams. There are soul dreams, there are God dreams, and there are enemy dreams, or demonic dreams, as we would put it. Positive spiritual dreams, negative spiritual dreams, and soulish, our own personal perceptions type dreams. Um, and I think that's where it comes into play as a dream interpreter, as a spiritual dream interpreter. That's where it comes into play that I have to look at a dream and discern what category or what origin source does this dream come from? Mm -hmm. Is this a dream from my creator? Is this a dream from my adversary? Is this a dream from myself? Right. The soul type dream. And that soul dream can still be interpreted in a spiritual way that brings life and encouragement. Because that same dream that you were giving an illustration of, say, you, you just decide you want to be an actress and then you start dreaming about it. If it's a soul dream, the interpretation there can be, you know, you need to recognize that you're having this dream. Your, your creator's not intervening. Your adversary's not intervening. You're having this dream because you're you're focusing on something right. that is positive, negative, detrimental, beneficial, whatever, whatever it is right. in your life. And acknowledging that mm -hmm. and recognizing it mm -hmm. through the interpretation can be a positive life-giving interpretation, Yeah, even though it's a soul-type dream. Right. I think the risk to me is more, am I changing a dream where my creator is wanting to reveal something to me? Right. And that's where I run the risk with what's called lucid dreaming or scripting a dream. Right. If it's a nightmare, from a spiritual perspective, we even teach somewhat scripting the dream as yeah. well. Yeah. Intend. Take, make an intentional decision that you're not going to put up with this. Yeah. Uh, you Especially know, when it's a tormenting thing. That's one of the things that um, one of the uh, uh, authors or one of the researchers had written a book. I think you called it Committee of Dreams or something yeah, like Committee that. Yeah, Committee of Dreams. Mm -hmm. um, and that one of the things she focused on was uh, looking at people's dreams who had experienced trauma. You know, like from 9-11, right. post-9-11, and other things. So, After earthquakes. Yeah, like yeah. That. So, I mean, those are things that are going to be oozing out of us. So so what happens if we're having this recurring dream? I used to have a recurring dream that a gorilla was chasing me. I mean, it was all the time, and I could not shake it. I, 
I would go into it if I went into a zoo and I saw a gorilla. I mean, yes, I realize he's powerful, but I kind of feel safe. He's behind the glass. I'm not worried. But the thing that I don't know why I started having those dreams, but it would just chase me. Well, you couldn't watch Planet of the Apes. I remember that. I still don't. I'm like a sci-fi <laughs> kind of person, and you will not sit down and watch Planet of the Apes with me. Okay, I used the to old watch, ones are I, the new maybe, ones. Maybe can I just say now um, <laughs> things are occurring in my brain. I'm thinking about when I was a little girl. We watched Planet of the Apes. Maybe that's where that could be where the dreams it, root it, came it from. It could have come from mm-hmm. that as a child. Me watching that with my family because but I don't because like nightmares. Any, I don't like any. Any there was one movie I don't remember the name of it was where these white gorillas were in the Amazon or something. That one was so creepy, and y'all drug me into watching that. And I think I had a dream not long after that about a gorilla. So I take authority over those dreams when I'm in them now. And I really don't dream those dreams anymore. And those dreams could be either from our soul or yeah, from uh, the demonic or the, our adversary. Yeah. So, yeah, it, 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 we can take authority there. So we're not opposed to the concept of scripting or uh, what I would call lucid dreaming. Right. But it's to avoid using trauma. it appropriately. Right. Would be the key to it. Okay, so you you we talked about this a few weeks ago on one of the podcasts where you had a lucid dream where you realized in the middle of the dream that you were dreaming and you yeah. chose to do certain things in the dream, but they weren't preconceived. They weren't preconceived. No, no that was and that was a a creator dream, a positive, a supernatural spiritual dream where the dream itself gave rise to offering choices and see that I would that's lucid but it's lucid in a different fashion in the sense of it was it was me responding to options so to speak rather than choosing to change the course of a dream exactly. so I love that concept and 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 where we see in these articles the the quarantine dreams or the shelter in place type dreams is there are a lot of those dreams that are stirring up nightmares or night terrors because they're arising out of fear. Yeah. And the psychological world is encouraging the scripting concept to write out how you want it to change, what you want it to be different. Like one of their examples was if you're being attacked, you know, it could be as simple as write out how you're going to attack back and when, or maybe more dramatic, like, changing the laws of physics and shrinking your attackers down to the size of ants so that you can step on them, you know, and it talks about the more dramatic you get, the more likely you'll have an impact on your dream because you're in the dream place. You do things you can't do in life. And and, and I want to suggest to people, and if you're dealing with nightmares and night terrors out of this self, uh, uh, shelter in place, self quarantining concept that people are going through right now, if you're dealing with those things, it's okay to take authority over them. It's okay to shut those down. It's okay to choose yes. to respond, attack back, shriek your attacker down, whatever it might be. But you want to guard yourself that you're not scripting a dream where your creator is wanting to reveal something to you. Exactly. And, you know, the way you approach it is um, – personal and we can't tell everyone how they have to do their um 
the direction of their dreams if they have a nightmarish type dream. For example, you know, we talked about the, the young boy who had had the dream when he had watched this dream and it brought fear. His parents sat down with him. Uh, they are believers. They are they follow Jesus. So they gave him Bible verses to give him strength so that when he went to sleep that night, he would be empowered. And yeah. he was. And then when something bad happens, he, or I don't remember exactly, nothing bad happened, but the, the Lion King came to him and said, when I'm with you, you don't have to worry. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. What a beautiful dream. Now the little boy didn't change the script of his dream, but he changed how he went to bed. He did not go to bed fearful. Exactly. He went to bed empowered, and it changed his dream. Yep. I love that. And, and that's a beautiful way to deal with difficult, scary, yeah. nightmarish, uncomfortable dreams yes. that you're having in connection with the shift in our world um, response, the way we live today. Okay, I'll uh, watch Planet of the Apes with you. <laughs> <laughs> then you'll have to take authority over your dream I know, life, right? I know. Yeah, so, yeah, I know, I know. So, Well, th- look, this topic, we're not even nearly through the points that we could discuss on this topic of quarantine related dreams we haven't even touched the surface of some of the example dreams that these articles give and how a spiritual interpretation differs from a psychological interpretation uh again i'm not going to be critical there's some amazing things the psychologists and the psychoanalysts uh learn in studying dreams i was fascinated by some of the stuff i read in these articles but when I come at it from a spiritual perspective, there are also some clear distinctives, some things that are very different, particularly when it comes to the interpretive process, having the dreams, when we have them, REM sleep, how we have them, what influences them. You know, you mentioned earlier the things that we've talked about, how the things of our day can enter into our dreams. Yeah. Psycho- psychologists will say that's a, a, a normal part. We've talked about how things can show up from our past. Psychologists would say, well, that's you don't have enough stimulus in the day right now during this season. So you're reaching back into your memories to pull images out. We don't disagree yeah. that images come and the metaphors come from our day experiences, our past. We have a dream vocabulary. We do. God and speaks to us through the images and metaphors that absolutely. speak our language. I mean, it's kind of like a history or a memory. It, it's 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 there in your brain. It's part of your long-term memory, short-term memory, that I believe our Creator has mapped our brain out to uh, have these little puzzle pieces that can connect. And, you know, I mean, and one of the... the um, Articles mentions a, a good metaphor of how dreams come patchwork together. Yeah. And you mentioned patchwork. It's almost like something being, it's like a tapestry that's being sewn together. There's different pieces brought. It's a quilting bee. It's a quilting bee. Have you ever done that, Mike? No, but I've heard about it enough. I just wanted to use that in a phrase somehow relevantly, and okay. I've never I had quil- the chance to do that I have quilted, so I'm just I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Was, well, quilting bee was just a bunch of people, a bunch of people, particularly today they still do it, but particularly back in a more uh, um, pioneering day, mm-hmm. they would have what they called a quilting bee, and people would come together, and each person would bring a patch 
yeah. a square of the quilt, and they would piece them together. And that you're right, it really, and, and they would have a pattern or a a, a, a a image of something. And you're right, dreams do sort of work that way with God bringing yep. us the quilting pieces. Well, but He picks them up from our life. He does. And and one of the things we that I was talking to you before we started the podcast was, um, yes, it is things that happen sometimes that happen throughout the day or the week or the month. But there are times where it's totally off, almost like off the grid. And um, like, you haven't necessarily met Ronald Reagan, but he's appearing in your dream. And maybe you read about him that day. Okay, fine. But what about someone I have not seen in 20 years and they appear in my dream? I had not read about them. I had not thought about them. I had not seen them. You know, well, and that's where the psychological community would say that, you pulled it up out of your deep past. Exactly. And we would say your no. creator drew it out of your past because, because the image meaning. had relevance. That's right. There's a metaphor there. Or there's a meaning behind it. Or you need to know something because of that. It has yeah. a meaning. So, yeah, uh, um, a quilting uh, a quilting bee is really cool because what they would do is they would cut up old clothing. That no longer was used. Mm-hmm. So you might be, you might have your grandmother's quilt and be looking at maybe a piece of a dress that she wore that's appearing all throughout the quilt. Yeah. That's really and cool. It, and, it, and it drew off those memories. That's your next book. <laughs> well, listen, we're out of time. And like I say, we haven't even gotten gotten into the differing interpretive methods. We've just been talking, really, we've spent most of this podcast talking about the similarities between how the psychological community sees quarantine-style dreams versus how we would see them spiritually. Little different approaches, but there are some common threads there where we see similar things in the way dreams are revealed. Like I said, the difference is going to come much more in the process of interpreting and the ways we look at that. So maybe we'll take that up in our next podcast. But for now, we're out of time. So let me remind you again, as we usually do, get in touch with us. Let us know you're out there. It is a huge encouragement to us when we hear from you. Some of those just simple comments like it surprised us too, the way the last podcast began or something. Just silly, simple little comments. They encourage us. They encourage us to keep going yeah. With what we're doing. They do. We do love hearing from you. We can't always respond back. We can't always interpret your dream, but we love to hear from you. So please do keep letting us know you're out there. And until next time, keep dreaming. Keep dreaming.